everybody and welcome to a petty one-upsmanship chronicle ruthless aggression promoting mayor jacob shaman james episode of the brothers of discussion Woo! we're gonna talk everything from nxt's brick american bush which that is probably the wrong announcer voice for that uh aw spider fest uh going up against each other um Jake Hager being called rock hard. Real thing. Um, it's so much more. Matt, another spicy week of wrestling. Um, even more so this week because Taco Bell has just released the grilled cheese burrito, which was in my system the literal minimum it takes for food to navigate my organs. That's how long I was able to keep it inside. And then I had to rocket that one out. And that's not... A typical Taco Bell dig. I eat Taco Bell three to four times a week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this uh, particular item, though, literally liquefied through all my vitals and <laughs> expelled is like a like a sneeze, like a hiccup, just kapoo. Um So it tastes good, but it's spicy. Matt, was your week anything like the new Taco Bell uh, friend of the show, Taco Bell <laughs> grilled cheese burrito? I could not be more disappointed in the name of that burrito when I saw a picture of it and I said, that's not a grilled cheese at all. I know why it's called a grilled cheese, but I feel like somebody was like, that's a thing already? A grilled cheese is a thing? Ah, oh, fuck. Because it's a grilled cheese burrito because they grill cheese around the burrito. That's not what a grilled cheese is. A grilled cheese. I was picturing a chopped up grilled cheese wrapped in a tortilla <laughs> that they I, like, put grill marks on. White white bread is really malleable. So I thought they just took a white bread grilled cheese and like rolled it up <laughs> and then flattened it out and then put it in like a quesadilla or something. But that is not the case at all. Super um, disappointed. Um, yeah. it's, uh, a, my- it's, a, it's a real system cleanser. <laughs> Uh, my week's been okay. Uh, it went by pretty fast. Uh, when you don't have a job, all the days blend together. Um, my wife had a half day today, so I had that to look forward to, Ooh. to get some much needed, um, video look, game I time. love, I love Eddie to death, but man, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Gotta watch that little bugger. <laughs> and, uh, it's exhausting. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, just, like, it turns into, when you're on vacation, or you have a vacation coming up, that week goes by so fast. So I have, Michelle had a half day today, and then she's off tomorrow and the rest of the weekend. So it just kind of felt like the whole week just blew right by, because I was looking forward, uh, to that. Am I the only, you know what, I say that, and I realize, like, most people say the opposite. When I have a vacation coming up, week goes by like nothing. When I have a job, I should say. Uh... Anyways, um, yeah, you're 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 in a perpetual I, vacation. We don't know what you're talking about, man. You're... It's uh, it, I I keep telling Michelle I'm the Jerry of the family. Um, and that was in the most recent season of Rick and Morty where Jerry was like, 
this family needs a vacation. And then Beth was like, Jerry, you don't have a job. You're always on vacation. And then that was like his last line of the entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, uh, now, anyway. that we've, now that we've built some rapport, where can the beautiful people find us? Hey, that was that was good banter. I, that, uh, that was A-plus banter. Everybody can find us at BODpodcast.com, BrothersOfDiscussion.com. At BOD Podcast on Twitter, we're the Brothers of Discussion on Facebook. We have our live wrestling discussion group, which would be more than happy to have some new folks join. We have our joint joints that we sell now. No, we have our joint. It's, I forgot what social media uh, account it was. Or, uh, yeah, Instagram. <laughs> we have our joint Instagram account that is both uh, Detroit Red Wings Hockey, which is our other show, The Discussion 5, and we have uh, our, our brothers of discussion memes that go up there. I I actually had fun, Mike. I uh, I saw that my my graphic that I put together with uh, my newfound Photoshop skills of Thatcher Ooh. and um, Dexter uh, Loomis. Loomis. Yeah, really yeah. blew up. I I had I had a lot of fun putting that together. It's not like the best work. It's more or less just me practicing with the new things that I learned in Photoshop. But that was yeah, uh, yeah that sucker blew up. And I tell you what, quick. Uh, spoiler to the rest of this episode, those are my two favorite matches this week, and I can't wait for the two of them to be, what you know, one of them to be NXT champion or the North American champion, and the other one challenging for it, because those promos, <laughs> the weeks leading up to that match are going to be insane, because I think these two are probably the most exciting individual wrestlers that NXT has had on the male side since, this side of Eric Bugenhug. I mean, I, you know what? Karrion Cross is fun, but I don't, I don't think I look forward to the art of his matches like I do for Thatcher and Loomis. Yeah, you know what? I, cause I, before you get accused of hyperbole, I like Karrion Cross. I like Thatcher. I like Dexter. Of those three. One of them brings his smoking hot wife. He gets a crazy pyrotechnic song, uh, a crazy pyrotechnic entrance with his own original song with actual lyrics. Uh, he gets basically a 90-second short story every time he comes to the ring. They are promoting the unholy hell out of this guy. So I think he's about where somebody with a rocket on their back would be. Yeah. But Thatcher and Dexter are, are basically just kind of, you know, flying by their coattails and just getting over by kind of more or less, you know, being themselves. They're, they're getting a, a little bit of, you know, pop, but nowhere near the, the carrying cross level. So I just mean, I think I'm endeared kind of like uh, what you're saying. I'm kind of endeared more to those other guys who are, you know, uh, not getting, you know, uh, matches against, you know, Tommaso Ciampa. You know, they're, they're a little bit, you know, a little bit lower right now. Uh, I, Thatcher I think they're, definitely. they're doing really well. Yeah, I mean, not obviously we love uh, Oni and Lurkin on this program, and Danny and Birch. Don't right. want to forget those two. <clears throat> yeah. But uh, well, I mean, we know we know what's up. So when you have a single match yeah. against uh, Oni Lurkin, you're not you're not really you know knocking at the main event. You're scene. fighting two guys. <laughs> you think you got Lurkin down? You turn around, Oni's right there. I mean, you got to be careful. Got to keep your head on a swivel. Any hoozles, uh, um, if you guys want to help support uh, the show and hear more of this wrestling talk that we could... Like, I'm so excited about this week. We couldn't even get through our promos uh, before 
before before it started uh, leaking its way in. But you want to go to BODpodcast.com to support our show and head up to the top bar if you're looking for some CBD products. We are affiliated with CBDmedic.com, so you can click the top bar of our website, and uh, that'll take you to uh, CBDmedic.com, and you can use our promo code BODpodcast. That's B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, BODpodcast, to get a third item free when you buy two items. I think that's that's a good way to say that. Yeah, get your third, third one item is free when you buy one. two. Buy yeah. two, get one free. That's that's the deal. BOD podcast is the code, and uh, that's at the top bar of the BODpodcast.com or brothersofdiscussion.com. We'll also post a link. If you're uh, finding us through Twitter, uh, I usually post a, a, a thread for the episode, so you can find that in the Twitter thread that will be pinned to the profile once this episode goes live. And uh, we also have on anchor.fm slash brothers of discussion. Uh, this is our favorite uh, part of the show where we get to give another shout out to uh, Amy D, who is uh, right now. Or you know what? I haven't checked that in a while. Maybe we do have another person. But uh, we, uh, we are taking, I, I'm just going to call it donations for the show. We're using it to actually build up the production of the show. And like I mentioned before, I'm practicing with uh, Photoshop and whatnot. So, I mean, I mean, is it going to a great cause? Are there better things right now you can send your money to? Absolutely. But we're just saying if you had the funds and you've been listening for a while and you enjoy us, yeah, that's you, where you can support the show. I'm going to say... You, you know, you are going to maybe tossed into a wishing well and you know, hope that, ah, oh, I, I right. wish there was just a better wrestling podcast out there. But turns out that wishing well's right here. So by throwing that coin over here, uh, you know, uh, you're uh, making that dream come true. So there you go. Just flick a, toss a coin to your brothers of discussion. All right. And we actually, yep, we have. We just got canceled. Oh, whoops. Yeah. All right. We're going to have to talk to Amy after this episode. Amy, all right. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, also, while we're drop name dropping, uh, but thank Chris you, B, Amy, so much. Uh, yeah, but, Chris yeah. B uh, has been going ham this week. Uh, Brandon W. Um, his posts always blow up, so I just want to throw him some uh, some credit there. And of course, Andre C. Um, that guy is always the voice of reason whenever things start to go off the rails. So, just want to shout out those three guys uh, on Facebook as well. And uh, what about the hammer? I think. Yeah, the hammer. He's been coming out there with some posts. He's, he's got a lot of enthusiasm. So, yeah. uh, Hammer, just want to shout you out, my, buddy. My absolute favorite thing that happened with Hammer in the last month is I think he celebrated a birthday, correct? Yes. And someone that you don't know, um, that I knew from different chan like like I knew from a completely different source, uh, my one of my former jobs posted on his facebook page you know happy birthday hammer miss ya and then like i was like whoa hammer's just every hammer's blowing up he's he's a man about town yeah he's like the mayor (laughs) so check check out those hammer posts yeah (laughs) speaking of mayors glenn jacobs bad shame on him uh he voted against the covid mask requirement uh man there's it's it's the irony just writes itself uh I, I know that for the longest time he was against wearing a mask. Uh, I, <laughs> which is why, piece by piece, he started to remove more and more from his ring attire. But <laughs> this is a time when 
I think we can do 1998 Kane and last 2008 Kane. If there's anybody I thought we could count on to understand or like to just go like, all right, I'm just walking around. I'm inside of Home Depot. I'm not exerting a, a great amount of energy right now. I'm just walking around. Um, I I can handle a mask. And if there's anybody that could come around and say, it's easy to do, folks. I did it for years, and I was running around a wrestling ring. It would be, it would be, uh, it would be Mr. Jacobs. But uh, you know, unfortunately, I, he. It's God not. Damn a, it. It's not a thing where we got to get on the social media. Let's let's cancel Kane. Yeah, cancel Kane. Can't matches never happen. It's just, <laughs> it's just like if I was gonna spend money on an autograph. Now it's definitely something I'm gonna second guess. Be like. He's just a guy, you know. I, I don't need that autograph. That's you know expensive signed autograph anymore. Uh, I'm not gonna skip his matches if I'm on the network, but just stuff like this with the numbers just rocketing all over uh, parts of his country, it's just shocking to see that kind of um, outspokenness against public health. So I mean, just kind of disappointing. I don't know. This is so I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and everybody's kind of taking their moment here. I mean, wear wear a fucking mask. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners are pre- so preaching to the choir. Yeah, I, I just went and bought a Fourth of July package at Home Depot for new appliances. Oh, there's a um, fucking cane mask you can buy. There's a cane red and black mask you can buy. Well, uh, as everybody knows, my my wife is a doctor and uh, we we. We sat six feet away from our Home Depot appliance person, and she went, she went ham herself on just tearing masks down and how dumb it is and how nobody got sick in her store for three months. So this whole thing is just made up. Um, and then she gets to the point where it's like, well, what do you guys do? Because you know you're sitting there filling out paperwork and stuff to buy all these appliances, and then yeah, uh, you know, and then my wife gets to say, well, I'm, I'm a doctor. Oh, well, what do you think about all these masks? And my wife, she, I mean, this is her job. It's her job when she's at work. It's her job twenty four seven to be knowledgeable in the science of doctoring uh, someone's health. Like it's just she has to know this stuff. So she yeah. gets the actual articles that are backed by science, and she said, "Absolutely, a hundred percent, you should be wearing your your mask." Like, yeah. is it is it going to cure COVID? No, but what the amount that you can cut back on people getting sick just by like us us going out to this Home Depot trip, and we don't get within ten feet of anybody, but we also have the masks on. So if the coughs happen, right. they're back in our face. It's just. The, the steps backward that this lady took when she realized she was speaking to someone with some authority was, was hilarious. And I think that's why we need to say it. That's why it's it's one of those things that maybe somebody would just say, stick to wrestling or stick to sports or whatever. Stick to sports entertainment. But, I mean, like, it, it really is helping. And, yeah, and your fight <laughs> against it does no good. And this goes especially to Kane who used a mask to make millions of dollars, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. So why don't why why doesn't he try and save like thousands of lives uh, by wearing a mask and then helping? You know what? Probably a lot more than thousands of lives, considering he's a mayor and he can really do some good. But 
Especially yeah, because the mayor's I... going to be out there shaking hands and kissing babies. Like, God, yeah. I'm, Stupid I mean, asshole. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can kill somebody. Uh, even if you're even if you're a, asymptomatic, guess what? You can give to somebody who's not dead. Uh, speaking of killing, uh, Matt, we need to make a quick moment here for MVP WWE Taz and AEW who are killing on the microphone. Matt, this ruthless aggression era, all it did was uh, turn out super duper stars left and right. Uh, we're talking about Edge, Orton, Cena, and my God, man, MVP and Taz. Look. Uh, it's I just it did. I loved, it did. I loved. I loved them together. I wanted to yeah. see, you know, if you had any hot reactions to it because they're literally doing the same thing. Uh, they're established, uh, confident, uh, swaggerific dudes on the microphone, and they're both carrying like the biggest, beefiest dude on either show. Uh, MVP kind of giving Bobby Lashley the first relevance since. My God, since he was battling Donald Trump at WrestleMania, um, and Brian Cage, who you know, if you know, you don't, if you've been watching a lot of WWE, if you're only watching AEW, you might not know about Cage's you know career before All Elite Wrestling. And Taz is just totally uh, helping this guy ingratiate himself, uh, feel like a real presence, feel like a not just a presence but a main event uh, threat to you know being the champion of the whole show. Um, and both those guys are just giving a a, a a verbal clinic to everybody on both of those respective shows. Um, Matt, do you think it's it's kind of interesting that they're um, kind of both doing a, a very similar, you know, kind of Heyman Brock Lesnar relationship there? Well, here's my first hot take because you asked for hot takes. <clears throat> yeah, my first one. Is that we're going to look back 10 years from now and go, oh my God, we were watching AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan on like a weekly basis. This was the greatest era of pro wrestling. Yeah. Kenny Omega is on TNT every week fighting with Adam Hangman Page and Cody Rhodes has a mid-card title. This is the greatest, like, it's just, it's going to happen 10 years from now. We're all going to, so you're right. That's my first hot take. All right. Other hot takes. I have to give a shout out to myself for texting back and forth with one of our fans of the show. And they were asking, it was Amy. Uh, she wanted to know, uh, you know, why would one not like Brian Cage? And um, why does that not sound right? No, you nailed it. That, 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 yeah, you're good. I don't know. It feels like why I said it too many times. Why would one not like Brian Cage? It's like no, I said it. Means, yeah. I said it too many times, uh, maybe recently. It's one of those words or names that now it's just lost all meaning. But I said, uh, the reason I don't like him is because he's so intimidating because he replaced his uh, arms and shoulders with balloon animals. So that's... <laughs> oh, come on! That was I was so proud of that last night. That's <laughs> like a great joke. I, all right, know, maybe, anyway. Maybe, maybe Amy sent you a polite lol in a text, but... Real life? Uh, and it looks know. like, come on, he's so ripped and huge. Look at how scrawny I am. Ugh. I wasn't going to out a bad joke. I was just going to make a little, you know, but you, know, you brought it up. and Come on. Uh, you, it you does know, look like he's got balloon animals. How about, how about you leave the jokes to MVP and Taz? Uh, you know, that was, oof. God damn it. <laughs> Fucking... All right. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> um, I think... Um, Oh, I will say, um, I, all right, 
I know we were talking about, like, pretending COVID doesn't exist. I don't think, though, we should be using it to, like, promote business. No? Is that wrong? Uh, what we make are it, you like, referring to? Uh, well, <clears throat> Taz uh, making reference that uh, AEW oh, doesn't have sloppy... Their, their testing habits aren't sloppy uh, as opposed to uh, their their rival. Um, I I get, like, because you, you've, you've been on the, uh, the soapbox for a while that Roman Reigns shouldn't just be ignored or, like, they act like he doesn't exist. I still make the argument that there's a ton of guys that go out with injuries and stuff and they don't just keep coming back to them until they're ready to actually come back and wrestle again. So I like from a production standpoint, they've got Drew McIntyre to sell. They've got other things to sell. I kind of get that. So just kind of going like, all right, Roman Reigns is gone. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a lot of petty one-upsmanship. I tried to tease it to start the show. I mean, the whole, yeah, Great American Bash starts it all, right? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, there wasn't anything going on for NXT, and then boop, you know, we're gonna we're gonna simulcast, we're gonna do it at the same time. Uh, you know, Taz cutting his his promo. Um, uh, Cody coming out with a Great American Cody T-shirt in the same font as Great American Bash. Um, you know, last week, uh, you know, Jim Ross was taking digs at WWE's testing. Um, yeah, you know, it. <laughs> I, I don't know if we really need it. I, I don't know if people... I know it still exists on Twitter, obviously, but I, I don't even know what kind of sample size that is. What are those humans that actually right. give a shit about that? Um, you know, like we have in our notes today to just mention that NXT's, you know, had a, won a couple weeks in a row, and I think deservedly so. They've put on some pretty good shows. Um, Where's, but it's just I mean... so weird that these camps are so divided, like... Nobody, we don't win anything. We we don't get a prize. If one of them fails and goes out of business, that just means there's a, you know, less competition for wrestling to improve and less job opportunities for wrestlers to, you right. know, have less there's, opportunities for them to be on TV. There's a deeper it's, conversation there too. Like that, they we they've been fighting for the same 1.5 million, like less than for a very long time and we haven't we haven't seen that number really go up and I, i'm talking about like really go up like we see these numbers like kind of going ding, 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 ding. but it's still it's it makes these tiny little differences so it's not nothing's really seeing like huge increases and think about what we're talking about fighter fest and the great american bash did we see a couple of one millions pop up nope same numbers just the exact same yeah yeah. Like maybe a little, plateau. like, like this is, this is too much. It's like flat and then it jumped up a little bit, a little bit, but I mean, it's not, <laughs> you can't yeah. really tell. Anyways. Um, I think that's the, the deeper conversation. I, I just, a lot of people were patting Taz on the back for doing that. I just, I don't know for, for whatever reason. And if I gave it more time, you know, like we've done this before, we've talked at length about things that I initially get really angry about. And then I, I pull back last night. I was, I, I wouldn't say angry, but it just rubbed me the wrong way. And I was like, okay, um, this is serious. You have an entire building full of people right now, or I don't see masks on everybody. You're high-fiving, uh, guys are like, they don't, I, like I get, um, you know what we just said, let's put masks on. And unlike 
uh, WWE programming, they don't have a block, a blocker between fan, fans and the right. talent. Yeah, that's uh, the only thing. Just, like, uh, I, or, they both if suck. If, yeah, if we, if I mean, if we learn that AEW has been like sticking the 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 rod up people's noses and doing the tests. All right, you win. Uh, if that's not what's going on, then you know, tell them to shut the fuck up. But if that is what's going on, which you know, we're not behind the curtain uh, to see if these people are all getting tested, all the employees are getting tested, all the cameramen, producers, writers. Um, you know, then they should shut up. But if that is the case, I, you could make an argument. You know what, Taz? Yes, go ahead, say something. Because not enough. If, if, if they're way. going to that length, then. WWE with, you know, Vince McMahon just getting another um, financial report that he's, you know, up to $2 billion now in, in net worth. I, you know, you could you could probably do some testing on your guys. I'm just saying, like, neither one of them is doing enough because as much as we're sitting here talking about wrestling, like, they're not doing enough because they're, they have a fucking TV show on. That's how I know they're not doing enough. It shouldn't be on. That's that's doing enough. Uh, I, like, I, there's no other way to argue about it. You're still taking a, an, a risk that doesn't need to be taken. I'm, I don't know. You can do more. I'm saying you could do more than the other guys, but until it's perfected, like all the conversations that are going on, you know, our other show uh, uh, that dives into uh, the NHL and the NHL trying to come back, all these conversations about like, okay, you can have this many family members, but... Uh, that come with you once the NHL gets started again, but they can't leave the hotel and they're stuck within this bubble. And now there's the new, you know, there was flatten the curve and now there's right. uh, tighten the bubble, I think is, or shrink the bubble. So you need to shrink the bubble. Is the bubble completely, you know, airtight, as small as it can be for both of these programs? There's no way. I just... Yeah. It, to get to some level of normalcy, though, if if you are testing and everybody's coming up negative, I I I I can't advocate for them to still shut down the show. Yeah, but they're not doing it like how the NBA and NHL are. Like both of these programs, if they get a positive test, they're going to keep it. You know, like Moxley comes out and it's not exactly like straight from AEW first. Um, it's just there's not like a weekly report like there is with the professional sports leagues, and there doesn't have to be. So there's probably there can be, you know, more going on that we're never going to hear about. I just, I just maybe, maybe it's like, almost hopeful. Like if that's what Taz is saying, maybe they actually are testing people like weekly. You know, bef- you know, before you get into the arena. I know, like it, it's it's like it's definitely possible. But their champion—it's kind of yeah, conjecture on our is, part. Yeah, yeah, their champion is is off TV. So airtight? No, it's not, right? But he might have gotten it because of WWE's testing. So or then lack they're not. Thereof. So then they're not doing enough. Uh, I mean, if Moxley gets it while he's at home, that doesn't mean he's getting it in the ring. I, you know, I. But that that was the. That's what I was saying about, like, the NHL's got all these problems now with, like, oh, you can bring this many family members, but they can't leave the hotel room kind of thing. It's like, all right, so, you know, it's we're getting too deep into this again because we spent, like, an hour on it last week. Yeah, um, but I, I guess I'm saying, in. like, if, if, you, if you knew Renee Young was leaving the house and is it, her, is it 
her responsibility or is it John Moxley's responsibility to like ask, hey, are they doing the proper testing that, you know, we're doing a perfect job over here at AEW. Are you guys doing that? And then when she says no, then he says, all right, well then, yeah, we can't see each other because I have a responsibility to Cage and to Taz to make sure that I'm healthy because not only do I need to make sure that they're healthy, I need to make sure I'm on, I'm at my scheduled event defending the heavyweight title for AEW. I, I mean, I'm not saying he has to go that length. I'm saying it's dumb to use it as a story and to like sell matches in your company when it's not perfect. You're still putting people at risk. You're still like, it's an imperfect system. It's, it's not a thing to, to sit there and puff your chest out while John Moxley's off TV. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Like I you mean, can point fingers, but ultimately like it just proves that it's not an airtight system. Uh, you know, it's it's I guess it's I'm I'm not defending it, I guess, but it's wrestling. I mean, we've we've seen all sorts of disgusting storylines. Uh let's, you know, look at Jeff Hardy. I, you know, it's. I think it's just something that's always going to happen. People talking about Ronda Rousey's depression—that's a storyline. Uh, for this, this I think is a little bit more tame. I, I guess it's heel work. I don't know. I, I'm like I wouldn't have written it. I wouldn't have given it the green light. I think more importantly, it's just if AEW, please, if you're doing that, if you're going to make that kind of joke. Uh, please be the ones who are at the forefront of proper testing. That's all I ask. Um, but we got we got to move on. We still got to cover Wednesday night. Um, and I just wanted to touch base on a couple other things because I know we you know we mentioned Ruby or not yet. We uh, we mentioned MVP and Taz uh, having prominent spots on TV. Um, and honestly, now I can't even imagine either show without those guys um and then we've had some returns uh you know on the wwe side you know um we've had ruby bryant make her return uh big show is suddenly getting spots all of a sudden um and my god man ricochet still works uh on monday night raw who knew um <laughs> i don't know if this is them kind of um you know it's 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 not quite that awful part of November when WWE is in the midst of like football season and they will just, you know, whatever crazy idea they get off the dartboard, they'll just, eh, you know, ricochet versus Dolph versus Killian Dane for the number one contendership to be the tag team partner of our truth to go for the raw tag team titles. Okay, let's do it. You know, it's just let's roll the dice. Uh, this kind of this kind of felt for me like a very bittersweet moment. Uh, one, because I love Ruby Riot. I, I think she's fantastic. She's got all the Alexa facial expressions. Um, I think she can wrestle a bit like Asuka, and I I think she really cuts those those kind of gritty. Um, you know, bitter promos, you know, a bit like, uh, you know, Sasha is doing. It's just, I, I don't know why she can't get off like this same, you know, ceiling. She, she can't break the Ruby Riot glass ceiling. I don't know what's going on. She kind of rebooted her look a little bit. She, she lost her cronies. She's a one woman show. Uh, she's definitely somebody who can carry, you know, a storyline by herself. And for whatever reason, 
I don't see it. I, I don't see I'm not getting rewarded for my fandom. And then, you know, on the other side, Ricochet, this poor guy, they tried to, you know, give him titles in NXT. Uh, they made him part of a winning tag team with Alistair. Now he's part of a tag team with Cedric Alexander, and it's just in the toilet. Uh, the dude has not looked like a legitimate threat to anybody. Uh, maybe since, like, the Royal Rumble? Um, and I, I just, Matt, what do you think is, why are these two suddenly getting TV time? Do you think it's kind of like a November situation, or they're they're really going to try and reboot these people a little bit? Well, to jump back into the COVID conversation, they did talk about rotating talent, um, like uh, for like quarantine purposes and like making sure that they were Make like sure it was everybody part gets of the, sick. Yeah. Well, it's like part of the testing and and to like find. Um, I don't know. If I I it's I can't I can't describe it because I'm not. I'm not an expert, but it, it's one of those things where you keep people away and then they get testing and then they, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's part of the process. Like this rotation when you have a giant talent pool, not just like talent in regards to pro wrestling. I, I mean like uh, giant businesses uh, that I, just, it's, it's over my head. I can't speak to it. I know that that was discussed a couple months ago uh, was that they were going to be rotating talent due to this. So I, I, I think that's part of it. Um, <clears throat> it could be, could be, they were quarantined. Uh, could be somebody else's quarantined. So they have these guys on TV. Um, why it happens outside of those reasons. Um, I think this is healthy. I, I think we've always complained about the talent pool being too large with the WWE. So uh, this this is something, too, where I, I think these guys, they have the money to give these guys time off. I think the guys deserve time off. Um, so I, I, I think this is ultimately can be a good thing. I think it just matters how they come back. I think Ruby coming back and losing a couple weeks in a row, um, Ricochet just kind of being in some backstage segments to remind you he exists, um, not doing great. Now, the Big Show stuff, that's killer right now. Um, I'm learning that apparently whoever gets in the ring with Randy Orton is going to deliver the promos of their life. Uh, so, uh, the big show stuff, uh, I, I'm, I'm super on board with, um, I'm not sure if this is still just to keep promoting his Netflix show or if this is also like another, like, Hey, we've had a lot of wrestlers get COVID. So we yeah. need somebody to step in or edge getting hurt, you know? um shit edge could have covid and they're just not reporting it and they just don't want i don't want people to know i guess randy wouldn't still be on tv anyway it's all confusing um do i know why no i don't i i think uh what i can comment on is uh i i think it regardless of what their actual plan is here or if it's just i don't know what to do with them right now so let's just put this toy in the corner yeah if um... it's that I, I'm still kind of okay with it because they do have way too much talent and we need to kind of breathe every now and then and go <sighs> like, like the, the, the time we had without Bray Wyatt and the fiend, uh, before now he's jumped back into the main event picture, I think was perfect. Right. Cause then I tuned into SmackDown to watch it, uh, right. make sure I saw what was going on. Uh, it's just, I think, I, I think the, yeah, the problem is that the they're not handling kind of thing. Yeah. They're not yeah, they're not handling these returns properly. They're not making a big deal out of it. Ruby just pops up out of nowhere. Same with Ricochet. So that that's that's the problem, right? 
Yeah, Maybe a I'll, win. Uh, I'll say, you know, what's weird is, um, like, kind of bringing it full circle before we move on to, uh, you know, the Wednesday Night Wars. is just MVP babysitting Bobby Lashley, who is not a wordsmith. That's okay. He's an incredible, you know, power man, and he looks legit. And now that he's kind of figured out his the seal gimmick, he he looks like a giant scary monster. Um, knowing that we could have had a version of Bobby Lashley like this this whole time, it kind of shows you that man, maybe you really could push anybody you want and make them, you know, look formidable. Um, it's only taken MVP a couple weeks to turn Bobby Lashley into one of the best products on WWE programming. That's all it took. So just, I guess, seeing Ruby Riot, seeing Ricochet, seeing Big Show. Yeah. For me, it's just another example of, man, with just like a, a little, you know, title match here and there for Ruby. Um, you know, if Ricochet had a, a, you know, a mouthpiece, you know, these could these could be people who are at the forefront of the company. So... I think it's just kind of interesting that it's it's a uh, MVP has um, exemplified what can happen, you know, if you give one person a little bit of help, how how huge of a star they can be. So it's it's just kind of a shame then for me to be reminded how much I love Ruby and to see how she's, you know, kind of toiling away barely in the mid card. So well, I mean, like, don't forget, like they tried, they tried like. Paul Heyman with like Cesaro and that didn't work so a lot of credit does have to go with MVP and it has to go with like mixing uh the characters like who's gonna actually have chemistry when they go out there and for whatever reason Paul Heyman and Cesaro just it it didn't mix it didn't work um what was the other one they did uh Curtis Axel too with uh Paul Heyman yeah yeah right yeah I mean you definitely gotta bring something to the table but um I, I think you know, Ruby as far, Riot as far as like could, who has more you know charisma. I I don't know if it might be Axel over Bob Lashley, you know. But I know Bob Lashley his his body type it's it's pretty you know one of a kind. So that's going to set him apart. But I I think it's the this idea of building titans and Bobby fits that idea of being a titan just like McIntyre does. That's why it was. A couple months going in the Royal Rumble, and we were chanting three, two, one with McIntyre, and then now he's, I, you know what? People still have hate on Twitter, but I still think collectively as a group of pro wrestling fans, we're all like, yeah, this is a good thing. Like McIntyre should be the champion. He's handling it perfectly. I feel like I he think in the be women's, the champion of Earth at this point. Like that's that's how. Right. That's how that's how much confidence I have in him to defend us against like an alien invasion. <laughs> I think the women's division right now is struggling because they do get like it's still like a quarter of the segments, right? On like television. Oh god, yeah. It's, it's, so yeah, you're trying yeah. to build you're they're still trying to build Titans. So you've got Becky who's gone, Asuka, Charlotte obviously. I, I guess yeah, the four horse women and then Asuka. So is there room for another Titan? Probably not until somebody else gets hurt or they, they just want to save Ruby Riot as like somebody that can challenge but isn't necessarily going to be at that Titan status. I think for them, if they're marking Titans right now, uh, they already told us Shayna's not good enough, but I think EO, and this could be our transition, uh, could be the next one. Yeah. Oh, and just... Rhea. Rhea Ripley, also yeah. another Titan. Um 
No, it's just uh, for me. It just uh, you'll probably have a good hockey example, but I, I just feel like in basketball, it's almost like when the Oklahoma City Thunder had you know Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and you're watching James Harden like, man, what is he doing as a sixth man? You know, you could see him kind of you know headlining his own team and you know leading them to victories and yeah, I don't, you know I just don't get to see that yet from Ruby, and I, I know she can handle it, so it's it's. It's comforting to know that, you know, she's, she's still got it, but, you know, disheartening to see that it's not something that looks like it's going to be in the near future. Um, yeah, uh, we can move on to uh, Matt. We did uh, – I don't know if we well, want to I've call got a, I've got a tail tucker. Oh, Matt's got a tail tucker. This um, don't read the notes. It's a surprise. Uh, All so right. Mike, Mike, do you want to describe the tail tuck, tail tucker segment? I did delete your, your it's copy. A, yeah, it, it is not. Uh, uh, it's a newer segment. It, it is not an allusion to Tucky from Heavy Machinery. Uh, it's more or less. Um, you you kind of look at a booking decision. Um, you know, maybe in the in the short run, that just really made you grind your molars. And now that you're seeing like the the bigger picture, you kind of. Uh, yeah, you know, tuck tail, and you're like, you know what? I was wrong about that. So it's it's really an introspective look at you know maybe something you were upset about, and now you're kind of starting to see the other side of it, and you're kind of you know you're yeah. you're flipped onto the other side, the other opinion. So mine was a couple weeks ago when the Great American Bash was announced, and that Fighter Fest was already supposed to be going down. I said I'm not watching that shit. That is such a cheap ploy to get me to watch fucking NXT for a night. I'm, I, it's so blatantly obvious, and it's such a game I don't want to see played in my pro wrestling. I'm not watching it. And then I forgot I said that. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I watched last night out of habit. So I'm going to tuck my tail and say, God damn, am I happy that I forgot I said that, because that, The Great American Bash, part one. There's a whole other one coming up where I think they're going to deliver an hour-long Keith Lee an Adam Cole match, which just blows my mind that Keith Lee's going to go for 60 minutes. Uh, the guy's athletic, but, I mean, you can't deny that stamina might be an issue. Uh, but the first, I mean, the, the part one, I, it, was, I, it was almost perfect to me. I think they nailed it with these non-title mid-card matches. Um, again, you know what? I, I mean, you have your non-title main event, a bunch of non-title matches and the show was fantastic. I, the wrestling was great. The storytelling was great. Uh, they had their goofball matches, which um, I think a lot of people are upset about that. But I, I still had fun watching it. And it was an opportunity to put Rhea Ripley on TV. So now you know which match I'm talking about. And to show off her brute strength. Like, it wasn't just a story. It wasn't like kayfabe strength. It was, you got to see pro easily the, one of the strongest women in pro wrestling, not just on the roster. I, I mean, easily, like, very impressive to see a double finisher held by just forearms and biceps uh, by Rhea. So, uh, like, top to bottom to me, you, you, it was, like, built as, like, a mini WrestleMania where you had the feats of strength and um, the it didn't have to involve titles title matches but they did a great job telling stories before even with the short amount of time uh and then uh great entering storytelling and then the talent was just tops for me the uh the talent in the ring was fantastic yeah um i, I think when i first heard about 
uh, the two. I, I, I'd be uh, on the same page there. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't miss uh, Fighter Fest. So I, I guess I, I didn't really tail tuck on this one. Did but I... I'm just glad you uh, you got a good show. Um, Did I say Adam Cole or Adam Page? I, said I think Adam you said Cole. Adam Cole. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Um, well, yeah, let's, uh, let's get into it, Matt. Um, I think the uh, NXT card was... Um, well, I, I think a little juicier, I, and and we're biased too, right? Because I think you and I love Thatcher, and we I, I absolutely love Loomis probably more than than most. But I I think that this was an opportunity to sell both of these guys. And if you watch yeah. those matches and you don't get it at this point, you never will. Uh, but yeah, these for for me it was almost like a perfect card, especially with the ending that you got with uh, with Io and Oscar. But I. I watched AEW this morning, Mike, and I, I, I can't, I still can never get away from the idea that this is just produced to be a more fun wrestling show. And that's all we ever ask is for our TV or our pro wrestling to be fun. Uh, and it starts, I think with, you know, you made the comment here on Jericho being in commentary. Um, God, he's, he is so good. Yeah. Um, that fucking orange Cassidy piece of shit. (laughs) Uh, I think it's because, like, Triple H uh, and the, the boys at NXT, like, this week, they, they they brought, you know, they really tried to bring it. So they had EO versus Sasha, which it's such a monster, you know, match. Um, I almost said monster mash. Um, <laughs> the way that Charlotte has been the one to kind of uh, parachute into NXT, like the, you know, uh, you know, rock checking in on the on the young you know boxers in the ring hey you guys that are like me you know <laughs> uh, i think sasha watching those nxt that's what inspired me like yeah seeing that sasha i'm gonna say that she she's the one who had an in you know uh, uh an impact on those numbers for nxt defeating aew uh but you know it was more one-on-one matches uh eo sasha dexter uh roddy and i hate roddy strong promos as much as i love watching him wrestle he's so good um it's his voice i'm telling you it's (laughs) we've been talking about Um, casting since episode one and the casting just does not work for like a tough guy promo from roddy he's not a jokey guy that's why he's got got weaselly yeah he's him being scared of dexter Ooh, his voice is perfect for that like that's 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 roddy strong and i'm Um, sorry roddy that's that's how you sound you know it it's too nasally and too whiny go ahead it's like uh oni lorkin i'm like man this guy is great can you imagine if he was like the same guy but he was like six three and then thatcher comes along and like hey look at me uh so he's like a big lorkin um he's super violent he he works ultra stiff um one That's of the matches I can't wait to impression. see is Thatcher versus Roddy Strong, just to see, you know, what just two totally fucked up, you know, sets of pectorals look like after the violent knife edge chops those guys are going to give each other. Um, and then, like you said, AEW was was more fun. It was Jurassic Express versus Wardlow and MJF in tights so pink. I think the Macho Man would have blushed. Uh, Orange Cassidy MJF. comes out. He has a great classic look. I I, I really think what what he's doing with his heel work and oh yeah, his, 
like he's he's really representing like classic pro wrestling um even yeah. with his style too like he doesn't get he he'd fit in great with ftr so i i i think that would be a, a fun hookup i think the the four of them with wardlow included would be it would make oh, sense yeah. i mean you're talking about style I'm a, I'm a hockey guy you always bring up your basketball things let's talk hockey if you had to make a line that line makes sense. You got three guys that are working the same way. They're not getting all confused with some guy being a playmaker and this guy. Dur, dur, dur. Yeah. You've got a grind line right there. All right. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I got my 10,000 steps hopping right there. That's great. Woo! <laughs> and, uh, just keep hopping, man. Or put it in the, the dryer. That's what I do. That's how I get those Fitbit steps. <laughs> uh, the other matches on the card, it was just, you know, like Private Party versus Santana, Santana Ortiz. Just kind of like, ah. You know, we kind of threw this together. No real stakes involved. Uh, you know, uh, um, you had the best right. friends going against Omega and Paige. I, I don't think anyone really thought the best friends were going to win. Uh, you know. um, and they then, did have you know, a great entrance, though. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I was just trying to, like, the whole show, like, bell to bell. Like, Cody uh, going up against Jack Hager. Um, I love Cody. I get what they're trying to do with, with Jake. It's just there's something missing. Uh, he's he's supposed to be an MMA fighter. Uh, he kind of loses on something that an MMA fighter, a real one, probably wouldn't have lost on. Like, if you get the submission, you let go. He wouldn't have just laid there and gotten pinned by Cody. It was just... I, it was almost it was almost to think about t- uh, two Macho Man references. It was when Macho Man, like... Uh, push-upped himself off a of Yokozuna and eliminated himself in a Royal Rumble. <laughs> like, that kind of level of stupidity. Like, so this is your life, man. Like, that, I, I was actually thinking about this earlier when I first watched the end of that match. And we are kind of all over the place, so I don't know if we want to start hitting specific... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go to the top three of each show. Just kind of wanted to do kind of a, a larger I, picture, but yeah. But I, I mean, so you're making the the point being made about uh, the best friends, and then uh, uh, you know the tag champs Megan Page, Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz, the ending to this the Cody Rhodes and uh, and Hagar match. I I don't, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Why the why the fuck is Dustin running out there? Why is Cody falling to heel tactics to to be the heel faction? I that. Made no sense, and and I don't. It didn't like it that felt to me like are we? Did that. Are that was we the second like, time they did that too? Because um, Marco yeah, Stunt we, interfered in the Jurassic Express match, right? That too, and I I don't know if we're seeing this thing where it's just like who cares? Like heel face? Like we're just doing? <laughs> no, I don't. I mean it in a in a different way to write the show. Like, are we just stuck on? Here's what wrestling is supposed to be, and AEW's like ah fuck that. Like, Cody wants to win any means necessary. Uh, but then, so that part I didn't like, but then, like you said, like, see, UFC fighter. Like, he should know when he's getting pinned. Um, I'm not saying they end, and I know they don't end the same way, but, like, he should be trained to, to move in different ways to make sure he's not getting hit. I'm pretty sure he could move to make sure he's not getting pinned during his own submission. Um, so I don't know what like the end game is there because it really felt like the way we we got to listen to jericho complain about the ending to that match it really felt like are we watching like the beginning of a face turn like 
Right, is the inner circle gonna? Are we gonna have Sammy Guevara come back? And he's, um, they're gonna make it storyline because I guess everything's okay to do he's, for story. Yeah, he's like re- rehabilitated. So he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna come back rehabilitated, and they're gonna be the outer circle, and they'll invite everybody. The, the inclusive circle. Yeah, inclusive. Yeah, I like that instead of inner. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't. It just so my point being was we've got some matches that could have used some more juice going into this week, and yeah. instead it feels like everything was just about what's happening between the bells. But it's still like, like that if you make that argument, then what the fuck was going on with Cody's match? And it, so to to kind of sum everything up here, when I said that this was like the fun show, that's where it felt like there's more time spent on the best friends going. You know what would be fucking hilarious? My Trent's like my my mom. She's available. She drops us off in that Honda. People are gonna lose their mind. And then Cody goes, "You, I'm gonna one up you. I'm gonna make a new fucking T-shirt that looks like the old Great American." People are gonna lose their fucking mind. And instead, it just made me like I I just I had fun watching the matches, but I just wasn't invested in any of these. Like, what was going to happen next with any of these? So I yeah, I, you know, it's I think that's why NXT won. It's just because it you know if you're going to call it Fighter Fest, I I, I kind of feel like there should be more stakes involved. Um, yeah. And the the best match of the night was. Uh, Hikaru Shida versus Penelope Ford, who, holy fuck, had, like, the best match of her career. Um, you know, and no, not even, she didn't even have Kip Sapien at, at ringside. She was just basically out there, you know, healing it up on her, on her own. Um, <laughs> she survived multiple finishers from uh, Shida. It was pretty damn impressive. It was a real coming out party. But then, like, just kind of follow suit with the rest of the show. Yeah. The stakes were low because there's a lot of silliness. There was a lot of faces interfering to help faces win. Um, and then this was like the second match on the card, and it was the best match. So it was just kind of like, ah, oh, this could have been, you know, maybe an opportunity for them to, you know, main event, you know, this, you know, um, unless they were just worried that, you know, if, you know, they knew ahead of time EO and Sasha was, was going to go last, uh, that's... That's tough to go up against for for you know any uh, other you know one on one opportunity because that, that's that's a that's that's a real main event you know go to go home show. Um, well, what's funny too is we spent weeks like talking about why why is NXT failing and why is AEW really the top show. So now it just I mean it, it just to kind of at least argue the point for why is this okay to talk about because I don't I again I can't stress enough that i thought this was the more fun show uh or they were having more fun creating it uh than than they do in nxt but like nxt treated wednesday night like a pay-per-view AEW treated it like wednesday yeah i i think it's just it it's part of our our like we can only really give opinions on this we're never really breaking news so we're trying to like dissect this philosophy of like what you know what it what is missing from this and i i think we nailed it um i think it just we could do f- with some more juice in between we could do with some matches that are going to mean a little bit more and may, you know maybe we're going to get that next week when we see jericho and orange cassidy go at it um so i i don't know 
I I don't mean to make such a strong point because ultimately uh, I I would come back to the best friends uh, in uh, Kenny Omega and Hangman in that main event, which was it was phenomenal. I, I I really thought it was a great match, and if I could do if I could do another tail tucker, um, I made fun of you know that buckshot lariat when AEW first started, and I said, "Oh my God, did we see eight buckshot lariats in that Jericho versus Hangman Page match? That thing when they hold back, and he doesn't just treat it as like a six shooter, and he's just like pow 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 pow, when it's actually a buckshot lariat, like a bu- like he's got that one shot. Uh, yeah, it's great. That is a great move, and it really got me hyped up and out of my seat. Um, but uh, so that's my that's my other tail tuckers that 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 I slept on. Coming around, move, huh? And it yeah. it really is fantastic. Um, you know, not a one winged angel, but uh, it's coming around. Wait, let's uh let's do the top three of each show, man. Uh, <laughs> Um, I had AEW, you had NXT. I, I think there's a consensus NXT one. So I'm going to go ahead and do moment number three from All Elite Wrestling. <sighs> Collectively. I'm not going to let it be number two and number one. I'm just, I'm, it, was, it went all the way from bell to bell. It was Chris Jericho on commentary. Um, Whoa. He had me, he had me uh, legitimately laughing out loud. Uh, multiple times, uh, whether he was, you know, harassing uh, uh, poor Arn Anderson for being fat, uh, for looking like an inept coach, uh, for looking like Wilford Brimley, uh, all of the above. Um, and then additionally, he kind of has that, if you've been watching a lot of Raw, he kind of has that um, uh, Samoa Joe um, enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, or, or Actually, I'm sorry, he's on SmackDown now, isn't he? I can't keep track of when these I- guys... They're rotating. All, I, all I'm thinking of is I just have this image in my head of when Samoa Joe watches like a high fly move and he'll be like, "Oh, beautiful!" And I'm like, "Yeah, that was beautiful. Good call, Joe." Uh, Jericho has that same appreciation, even if he is the heel, um, he'll still you know give kudos to the face in the match. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, he was really running the whole table, uh, a table that has uh, Excalibur, that has Shivani, that has Jim Ross um, at their disposal. Jericho is just showing that he's a, the goat. He's he's right he up there anything. with the yeah. rocks and stone colds. There's no there's no disputing that. Matt, moment number three for NXT. See, I don't. I'm looking at this and like, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have any surprises here. I'll say. I'll say that. Uh, it, it's just there were so there were so many great things to pick from. I just, God damn it! All right, I I gotta I gotta stick with my guns here. I mean, they're my two of my favorite wrestlers right now, so they're gonna go number three, and number two. But um, I mean, Thatcher and Larkin, man, I, those two. I I could just look at Thatcher's face, and that's enough to sell a match for me. But man, this guy. He's so ready. I mean, uh, the it seemed like there was a great deal of folks that were tweeting about, "Holy shit, Thatcher's really got it going here!" And it was Triple H that kind of had to calm calm everybody down and tweet out like, "All right, no, I I watched it too. I put him on TV. I loved it as well." So it's 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 good to see like that. That seems to happen every now and then where Triple H has to tweet something out or like kind of acknowledge the fans, or he's like, "Shut." 
Shut the fuck. I know. I get it. I'm not the problem. <laughs> so, so it's just. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things that um, it once once Triple H does put out that message, though, you know that there's enough people like on our side that are tweeting at him or making those comments that this this really this guy's really got it. Um, uh, but then it's another thing to, to see Triple H actually acknowledge it and go, yeah, no, this guy really does have it. You're going to be watching him for a while. Uh, yeah. so this, this is exciting to see. I think what he ended with, with Matt Riddle was fantastic storytelling and in, in a very yep. short amount of time that was a result of COVID. Like it was something they, I don't want to say, uh, improvised, but, um, You've got to think on your feet more in the sense where Drew McIntyre has, you know, probably a good six months to plan for his WrestleMania victory. Um, you know, Thatcher comes in to, to tag with Matt Riddle, and then in two weeks he's going to be, you know, screwing him over. So it's just yeah. uh, Thatcher's been nailing it since he got here. Um, and then, I mean, there's not there's not much to say because this this was probably all the problems that so. I had with fighter fest where there's not enough juice to this match, but as huge, you know, Oni and Lorcan fans, uh, I think everybody knew that we were going to be excited about this one. So, uh, yeah, uh, Mike, you're number two. Yeah. Um, geez. Uh, I guess for number two, I got to go with, um, Wardlow and MJF, uh, battling Jurassic express. Um, just because that match did so much for so many guys, um, and Jericho was kind of cheering for Jurassic Express. That was part of the my confusion the whole night of like, is are they? Yeah, are I, they starting I, to turn face? I I don't think that's what's going on. I, I think that he he's just is, being a good kind. I think he's just so vested in all elite wrestling that he wants to promote everybody who bleeds all elite wrestling. And I I don't know if there's anybody that more encompasses like the thesis of all elite wrestling than you know Jurassic express yeah um it could be you know orange cassidy it could could goddamn well be jericho of course um uh, but Might being be able to, to yeah i mean <laughs> just just, kidding. Uh, i know i know the point you're making I'm yeah just, just to try to you know have that ability to be silly um yeah. you know be self-aware that this is it's not real fighting i mean we're not all going home with bruises and stuff like that but um, to still be able to turn it on and work. Um, MJF coming out there in the pink tights, cutting a promo, getting everybody as angry at him as usual. Um, you know, the great spots. The I still love that tail whip uh, kick by uh, Luchasaurus. But uh, a name we, we haven't really given a lot of time to is Wardlow, who he got to have a little bit of a coming out party. Um, he did get to pin um, Luchasaurus on the last um, Dynamite. But here, I, the more you watch them, it's kind of like, what if what if Batista did a kip-up, like, all the time? Like, oh, my God, that would be terrifying. Yeah. Oh, man, wait till you see Wardlow. <laughs> he's going to do that, and he's going to springboard off the top rope. Oh, my God, he's, like, 6'6", six, hey. six, like, 300 pounds. And yeah. to talk about, um, like, casting all the time, too, like, like yeah. I, I like to mention, you put a guy in a situation where he's he's just a tough bodyguard. He doesn't need to talk, so it doesn't matter what the hell he sounds like. It doesn't matter if he can deliver a promo. Like, perfect, perfect casting. Yeah, um, I, I, that's that's a good point to add too. It's just, I, you know, this wasn't a main event. This wasn't for the tag titles. It's just that you know these four guys they they have a history. 
Um, they've they've been doing battle on weekly TV. They've been doing battle on a pay per view. So there was that extra juice, you know, that we kind of referenced earlier. That uh, might be why it was my favorite match. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, there's it got a little. There's a couple of moments where you could be, eh, there's there's a lot of spats going on right now. But the expressions on MJF, the expressions on Jungle Boy. Um, and Wardlow just demonstrating uh, this. This is why I'm on TV. Uh, I think that I'm okay with a couple, uh, you know, maybe extra spots than what could have been there. So, bravo! That's why I get number two. Matt, uh, moment number two in NXT. And I, I'd have to throw in real quick that that was my daughter's least favorite match because whenever Luchasaurus uh, had a close up, and this was like her first time really like seeing pro wrestling, was this yeah. morning when I was watching Fighter Fest. Um, I'm not. I'm not sitting on the uh, just so everybody knows. I'm not sitting on the couch with her in my lap, and we're watching it. And I have it on, and then she turns around and catches like a glimpse. But it's like whenever she did, Luchasaurus was on TV, and she'd look at me and just start, <laughs> like she was terrified by Luchasaurus. And I'm, I, it broke my heart because I think I gave her the first thing that she's afraid of. Okay, oh. so uh, where am I? Number two. Moment number two for NXT. Yeah. Dexter Loomis beating Roddy Strong. Um, the the strap match was such a great idea uh there were a couple times where it actually it actually did clunk up uh one of the attempts where roddy was trying to run the ropes and dexter realized he had to get up and it yanked him a little bit and then roddy didn't hit the ropes quite enough because it was actually loomis was like pulling him back on accident none of this was on purpose so then he had to like come back punch dexter again and then he ran against the ropes so strap matches are not like perfect, but I, I like the the story behind it where you know now Roddy can't get away. Um, but I it's still like the way Loomis handles himself at the start of matches. Um, it's so similar to the Undertaker of just the slow, uh, you know the the way that he he he's been approaching Roddy or anybody that he's been fighting. I really enjoyed it when, when he used it on on Adam Cole you know, a couple weeks ago. But you know how Braun Strowman is like Braun Strongman. Yeah. I just like that Dexter looms. He's Dexter looms. You know, he's just yeah. looming on you. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's a cute little wordplay. I like. Yeah. No, I mean it. It's it's it works perfectly. Uh, and I, I do wish one of those things Roddy that would be or Roddy Chops. I think. Well, obviously, um, but. I think when you when you get down to it, like I, uh, Thatcher and Lorcan being my number three, and then uh, Loomis and Roddy being number two, I think you and I have been in love with Roddy Strong for a long time. When I started my feud with Roddy uh, a little over a year ago, uh, now a part of that was because he was so damn good at, at pro wrestling, and I was getting frustrated with the way his character was being built. Um, yeah. And then, of course, that all changed. Where right? When I started whining about it, he became great... <laughs> A better, he became a better character. He's still kind of, you know, that voice. God damn. Uh, but anyway, we we've loved Roddy and his chops and just his in ring style, and it works perfectly for Loomis, who is trying to develop this character of of looming, of having the slow plotting, uh, deliberate movements. Um, the the pure strikes, uh, a lot of just straight punches. Like I said, like the style is, it's. It's not obviously. I'm not trying to say uh, completely like the Undertaker, but that in the in-ring fighting style, when it gets down to um, maybe maybe like the first ten minutes of a match, it, it's very similar to uh, to the Undertaker when it was 
it was more about just the you know when he became like the the purest striker in the game i think is how michael cole used to call it uh but loomis really does he focuses on those strikes he makes them look really good i don't know if it's the gloves but uh they look great and then you know i just i'm gonna keep talking in circles here so you're number one mike um, I'm going to do my dishonorable mention first. Uh, I mean, it was just Jake Hager, who really looked like a bowl of diarrhea. Uh, <laughs> he whether... really did look physically bad. Like, he did not look like a guy I'd want on yeah, my pro wrestling he, show. Uh, you know, I, I always think about, like, because uh, I rewatch it so many times, like AJ Styles' debut in the Royal Rumble, and, man, that dude was shredded. You know, he was like, man, I'm, I'm AJ Styles, man. I'm going to introduce these people to AJ Styles. Look at this. I'm gonna win me the Royal Rumble, and I was like, you know, cool. You know, I see what he's doing, and you know, my boy Jake comes out. He kind of like falls into the <laughs> ring. He's wearing these loud blue trunks. Um, you know, I was joking on Twitter. He kind of looked like when you buy WWE 2K and you forget to buy the My Creator Wrestler Accelerator. <laughs> so you got to work with the really generic trunks. Um, I guess that's his significant other. Yeah. Um, I mean, they showed the kind of affection that we've only seen from, like, Bobby Lashley and Lana, uh, or, God forbid, our, our president and Melania. It's just, it was that kind of, ooh, are you guys really dating? Is this just, like, an on-screen thing? Because that didn't look authentic at all. Um, and then we went over how weird the finish was as the professional MMA fighter. Uh, he forgot to let go of the hold so he wouldn't lose. <laughs> it, just, it was just kind of mindless. Um and uh, I'll say the number one moment, I, I, t- I touched on it earlier, was just uh, Sheeta versus Penelope Ford. Uh, Hikaru was her usual excellent self. Uh, whether she was, you know, she she just wrestles with that, um, that same kind of, uh, gosh, who's my favorite example to compare it to? Just that, like, that immediacy that, I, I want to go win this match right now. I'm fighting for my title, so I'll, I'm just going to ruin you. Like, there's there's immediacy. There's a plan to action. I'm going to knee you in the face. I'm going to falcon arrow the shit out of you, and I'm getting out of here with my championship. Um, so she's still fighting with that kind of intensity, that kind of, like, that drive. And Penelope Ford, you know, it was Penelope Ford. You know, I, we'd be surprised to find out she's, you know, taller than 4'11". Um, she's not, you know, uh, she doesn't have like the back and the, the, you know, the traps of, uh, Sheeta, but man, did she deliver? She didn't have her, um, uh, significant other as the, as the crutch. Um, she was just out there doing really smart reversals from Falcon arrows into roll-up pins, uh, holding her own speed wise against the ropes. Um, and you know, it, it looked to her like she, she wasn't wide-eyed. She didn't, wasn't deer in the headlights look. She looked toe-to-toe with one of the best female wrestlers in the world. So it was it was inspiring stuff. It was uh, it was a little disappointing to hear Jim Roscoe. Well, hard not to notice her. I mean, she is a beautiful woman and a great wrestler. Like, come on, JR. It's 2020, yep. dog. What are you still doing with this 1998 bullshit? Um, but she just she, – she really held her own. Um, I think if she won the match, obviously, like, the timing would have been quick, but ability-wise, it would have been like, uh, yeah, you know, she kind of, let's see where this goes. She had a little bit, dare I say, a little bit of Alexa Bliss in her. Matt, that takes us to NXT's, I don't think they had one, but did they have a dishonorable mention before your number one? No, I think it just needs to be stated that that Rhea Ripley match, uh, the handicap match, it... 
it served its purpose. And like I said, that, that was the feats of strength. That was Rhea doing uh, a double finisher. I, I can't, I can't fathom how people like let it escape them that you're still watching professional wrestling. We're not watching Olympic wrestling. We're, we're watching sports entertainment. And, and like when I talk about AEW being like more fun, that's because they get so, so much like the depth to their sports entertainment is way more vast than NXT. And I'll just say it's, it's more deep that, that sports entertainment idea with AEW than it has, did I say fighter fest? I meant AEW. than it has been with NXT since this battle started um but this was this was that sports entertainment infusion and i think like what what's so ridiculous like we all have fallen in love with drake maverick um i i'm a huge fan of baron corbin right now uh we all hated the miz what robert stone did was what those guys all did when we hated their guts can we get past this initial, like, go-away hate? Because the guy did a great job the last couple of weeks on NXT being, like, out, you know, out on his luck, depressed. He's, yeah. like, drunk walking around in the audience and, like, hanging out on the stairs during matches. Like, Yeah, he, he's getting that what Stone Cold always calls the chicken shit, and that guy is doing his goddamn hardest to turn it into chicken salad. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I just... I don't, I don't understand it. I think this is that moment, though, where we look back and we say, yeah, that was pretty good. And the same thing we've done, again, with, with the, the, the Corbins, the Mizzes, uh, the Drake Mavericks. Like, eventually we appreciate all of it. Yeah, um, I don't need to our, see a D-minus from Bleacher Report. You know, I, I, I get this is a device. We're making Rio look strong, and we're making Robert Stone a comedic voice. That's what it's doing. And trust me, everybody... If you're watching that and like your SO is is like embarrassing you for watching it, just know that she's thinking that the entire time you're watching pro wrestling, not just for that segment. So Matt, moment number one. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not? Am I not supposed to bury the entire industry? Uh, moment number one is EO and uh, Sasha. You talked about two of the the best women uh, from AEW, or you know. Uh, 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 Sheeta yeah. being easily one oh, of the best okay. women on uh, on AEW. Uh, I I just it's obviously uh, d- uh, d- <laughs> that Rolodex for WWE of female wrestlers uh, sometimes just feels like it's never ending. We were talking earlier how Ruby Riot can't even get on TV, and now Peyton Royce is delivering one of the best finishers I've ever seen. Like it's fucking crisp and clear. It's amazing. Um, so, <laughs> to go in and have EO and uh, and Sasha, like, we knew it was going to be a banger. And, um, yeah, I mean, this was an A+. And then to to round it out with uh, the heel tactics uh, mixed with Asuka never really committing to being face or heel so it can still work for her storyline where she's... And she's coming in and, and fighting her, her upcoming uh, rivals and opponents in uh, in both the team of of Sasha and Bailey, so I I love this match. I thought they did a great job of just doing straight up pro wrestling of of Io and Sasha, and it really felt like Sasha like wanted to come back and like just seeing uh, her 
her face during the match. Like it really felt like she she was like, God, I I fucking miss this so much. Um, but I we love Io. I, I we love Sasha. We knew this was going to be fantastic. Um, and then to mix in the end with with Asuka coming in to get the save for Io. And I, I thought it was really important. Like, there's so many different uh, ways that these matches turn out. And I thought a lot of what happened on Wednesday was taking the person that was supposed to win and they almost lose. But, you know, you still get, like, uh, uh, I'll gra- you know, private party getting close. Oh, so close. Um, yeah. You have uh, the best friends getting so close. Ah, just if the ref had been paying attention. This was the opposite. This was where Sasha definitely could have won this match. And it would have made perfect sense. Sasha is one of the most dominant wrestlers in, you know, uh, in pro wrestling right now. I, I, I think we all know that she's got the talent and she should be booked to win matches. But to have it kind of end the way it did and have it end up in EO's favor to help build up the NXT brand, the NXT champion, I think that was why this was the best match of the entire day. And I think that'll get overshadowed. I think a lot of people will miss that point. I think there is a lot of good wrestling and stories to be told when a wrestler who's not supposed to win a match almost, like, ekes it out. But when they give that match... To, you know, like, if you had asked me, I would have obviously been like, oh my, of course, Sasha's going to win this one. And it'll be, you know, Bailey's going to help. Uh, and EO will get close. So we'll get to walk away with that. But to, to actually give EO the win, like, God, how many times have we said, like, I think it's going in the right direction. I think they'll figure it out when we initially hate it. But then this is that moment where it's like, all right, no, they... They did it. They did the booking they they should do, not the one that we wanted. Uh, or I'm sorry, the one that we not just the one that we wanted, the one that they should do. Uh, so with those two ideas combined, uh, and then actually executing it, I I just like there's so much more to take from that victory. And now we've got opportunities too for an Io and Asuka versus uh, Bailey and Sasha coming up on Raw and SmackDown. So I, I don't think either, uh, anybody loses with that result. Yeah. I- Real quick, too, with the story for this match, um, I would not be surprised that if Charlotte didn't get injured, she would still be involved in this somehow. Um, and it just it just really is refreshing to see this, um, for us to see a reminder of how excellent Sasha is at her job, uh, for her to be you know going toe-to-toe with champions, even if it is an NXT, uh, for this match to not come down to... Uh, uh, Charlotte essentially being in a handicap match, you know, with Asuka, you know, sneaking around at ringside and EO in the ring and Charlotte only losing. Cause it was technically two on one. This was, you know, two on two. And, and like we left with everybody looking stronger and not just, you know, one entity. Cause it's like, they don't know how to write matches and like storylines for Charlotte, where we leave the match going like the hardcore fans going, man, that was really cool. I can't wait to see what's next for Charlotte. It's always God, why can't we get a break from this broad? She's on every freaking show, and she just wins all the time. Like, that's how they make us feel about her, and it's not fair. I believe I encapsulated that in my version. Yeah. Where I said, fuck. Yeah, I, you know, I just, I just think it's, you know, I'm so excited for all four of these women leaving this. And I I just, if it was Charlotte in there, 
It's not Charlotte's fault. She doesn't get to do the booking. It's just they've done some dumb crap where she, you know, negatively impacts Io and Asuka somehow. I don't know why they keep doing it. But Matt, well, it was the best match of Wednesday. Arguably the best match uh, of the week. Oh. Ever. Yeah, right up there. Okay. Matt, I think we've uh, we've blathered enough this week. Found that uh, little Daniel Bryan doll again, and I started playing with it. I gotta. All right. Ooh, yeah, uh, everybody, uh, why don't you play with the brothers of discussion? What a terrible um, transition! Ooh. All right, go to yeah, POD. You don't enough. You can play with us. Come to our fans only. Page. Only fans uh, slash brothers of discussion. <laughs> uh, I think we got to make that now. No, uh, go to bodpodcast.com. You'll find our links to our OnlyFans page where uh, we got some hot back action. We uh, go for 45 minutes. We just do our naked backs. I'm kidding. Uh, Go to bodpodcast.com, brothersindiscussion.com to check everything out. Don't forget about that top uh, banner of the uh, site. You can use that to go to cbdmedic.com. Buy two, get one free items at cbdmedic.com. Dot com with the promo code BOD podcast. So if you want to support the show, you're buying CBD products. Uh, we hope that you'll go through our website. It, it does us a great deal of um, of good. Uh, we're, we're using the money not to go into our pockets, but to try and produce a better show. And we did yeah. promise we're gonna. I'm gonna figure it out. We said we we're gonna go live to talk about Adam Cole and Keith Lee. I think we can do it. I think i think we can do it mike all right so that's my fake commitment because we never follow through but this time we're gonna do it uh so we will see you guys next week and uh follow along at bod podcast and at uh on twitter at brothers underscore of underscore discussion on instagram and uh join the live uh, wrestling discussion group oh and don't forget ah oh, god i'm so stupid uh go to apple podcast subscribe rate and review and go to youtube and subscribe to our channel we didn't get any subscribers this week but we did see our largest view count on our episodes. Actually, Mike, for uh, the Discussion 5, people really liked our uh, discussion about um, Chell 20. All right. So, yeah, if you guys are Red Wings fans, uh, you want to check out, uh, we actually ranked uh, the prospects for the NHL and used a simulation of NHL 20, the EA Sports video game, and went out five years to see who the best prospect really is. Yeah, good fun. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Have a good week. Bye!